Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV. Of course, you can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode of Press This, we're gonna be covering what I consider to be a super interesting topic, unconversion rate optimization. In other words, how can you optimize the sites you build to derive value when visitors do nothing? And joining us for that conversation is often SEO and sometimes CRO and search marketer, Mr. Oliver Whittem of WP Engine. Oliver, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me on. Awesome, awesome. Now, Um, really what we're going to be covering in this episode is really these ideas and this concept around how can I, you be optimizing your sites um, to convince visitors essentially to not do anything and have that be a way to drive value. So some ways uh, brands do this is trying to reduce their cancel rates, maybe alleviate refund requests, um, reduce support costs, and a, a number of ways of basically encouraging users on your website to 
essentially take no action um, that hopefully will drive value for your business. So I think when development and design teams start thinking about creating an experience, I think one of the most common things for people to focus on is user experience. As a matter of fact, our last episode um, with Jackie of UX All The Things actually covered quite a bit of this notion of user experience or UX. And in unconversion rate optimization, this can actually be a big enemy. Um, Ollie, I know you've worked on you know, a variety of projects and sites over the years. How often do you find people throw around this, this notion of UX when thinking about designs? Yeah, I, I see UX pop up quite a lot. Um, usually it's, it's kind of driven by designers, but um, it originated in programming. And what I see often is people focus uh, on looks um, more so than uh, just straight up, uh, this is what we want to test. And um, when you see user experience, um, the good ones will test, but a lot of them will just throw up there what they think is going to work. And I find that it's, it's important to try and figure out what actually works. Sure, and this notion of user experience, and, and you start to think about pages that you may be creating on your site, and one page you may end up creating is a cancellation page. Now, if you take a user experience view of a cancellation page, it has a job, and that job is to help the user cancel. That's its job. Um, you may have some other jobs for that page to do, like try to understand why they're canceling or whatever. Um, but a lot of cancellation pages are actually quite simple and easy to use for the user. So therefore, you would say that they have maybe a score 100 and have a score of 100 for user experience. You've delivered a cancellation page that makes it really easy to cancel. But if you think about it from a value perspective, of course, canceling is the worst thing in the world someone could do, especially if what you're optimizing is a site for a business that has recurring revenue. Of course, the same can be true of refund pages. So you have this uh, balance, if you would, of suffering and joy. The joy of being able to quickly use the uh, cancellation page to cancel with you as the marketer, you as the developer, trying to say, hey, maybe there's some reasons why you shouldn't cancel. And if you think about it from your perspective for a minute, your goal is not to get them to fill out the form. Your goal is to get them to do nothing, to find value in the service or the product, and to not take action. And I think that's key to really understanding um, unconversion rate optimization. So conversion rate optimization is generally the practice of optimizing your site to encourage visitors to take action that drive value, like buying or signing up for a newsletter, where unconversion rate optimization is the opposite. It's the practice of optimizing your site to encourage visitors to not take actions. So um, we've talked about cancellation pages a little bit, and I think you know this is obviously cancellation and refund pages are, are some of the areas where you can get the most value from this kind of work. I'm trying to discourage people to uh, not do something, then of course seeking a refund or stopping payments is, is one of the first places that I'm gonna stop. Um, Ollie, just as a user and someone that's built and optimized sites, what are some of like the common elements people include on cancellation pages? Yeah, so uh, and first off, you made a great point about the user experience being to like deliver the best value to the user. If, uh, if you're a user experience designer, you've been given like the story of a user wants to visit this page to cancel, they try and make that easy and seamless, but it's not necessarily what is best. Maybe the user didn't know something, 
uh, and you can tell them about that, uh, maybe they'll be a returning customer in the future, in which case you still want it to be uh, easy to cancel. Um, but on terms of on a cancellation page, of course you have the cancel button. Um, there's often um, a discount or a resubscribe, um, some way to kind of bring the user back. Um, but what you will find a lot of the times is the cancellation page itself just hasn't been touched at all. It's basically just a blank page with a button, which is a huge missed opportunity. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think where a lot of people, you know, you kind of made the point that a lot of them are, are kind of, in a sense, not touched. I mean, they exist, of course. I guess in that way they were, you know, created. But people don't really think a lot about optimizing those pages. Um, what I personally find somewhat frequently is people are pretty good about uh, trying to convince the user to not cancel. So they may uh, list some bullets with some reasons about what you're going to lose from canceling. And then I think the other thing that people do a lot of is ask the visitor why they're leaving. Why are you canceling? Why are you requesting that refund? And I'd say that um, in general, people aren't really optimizing their cancel pages like in an ongoing way, but I do think they're using the information they get, particularly around those cancellation surveys, to help inform um, how they should approach their service, um, their support, anything that might be driving that cancellation. So if you have a cancellation page um, and you uh, list, say, reasons why someone shouldn't cancel, I think the one thing to observe is you can use a little real estate there. You can tell a more complex story. You can provide links. This is one of those uh, times where we talk about CRO and everybody's like, don't link off the page. Keep them in landing page jail. Don't give them paths somewhere else. The exact opposite is true in unconversion rate optimizations. Link to that article that explains why the service is valuable. Link to that tech support article that explains how to do that thing that might be a reason they canceled. Um, but go ahead and take up a little real estate there. Go ahead and link off the page. Those are really, really valuable techniques for not just like, you're not trying to like trick the user to not cancel, but rather give them reasons why staying is valuable and then give them information that helps them to overcome a challenge they might be facing that might be driving them to cancel. I think another mistake a lot of people make on uh, the exit reasons, like why are you canceling, why are you unsubscribing, like those kind of questions, is they list them in the same order every time. Uh, Ollie, what do you think happens when you list things in the same order every time on a cancel page? Uh, people probably pick the first one. <laughs> yes, the, yeah. fir the first yeah. one always <laughs> wins. And uh, a matter of fact, I work for a company that did this, and it was uh, quite telling every single time we ran the report, month over month over month, the top reason won. So this is why I'm a huge fan when you have those exit surveys of providing, um, or basically randomizing those results. So of course, people will still tend to pick the first one, but by randomizing the results, um, you essentially like equalize the inaccuracy. Every answer has a propensity to be first and thus be picked by default. And so um, when you have those exit survey questions, why are you canceling, why are you unsubscribing, randomize those. Otherwise, um, you will not necessarily get good data. I think the other thing that people don't really pay attention to in those exit surveys is to give the counter reason to it. So for example, if you say, um, I'm canceling because it was too hard to set up. Um, well, guess what? You could link to a support article that explains how to set up or offer them to contact support. In other words, you don't just have to give up. They told you the reason right then. They chose it. 
So use that as an opportunity to surface content that can help them solve that problem, help them get past that issue that might be driving them to cancel and provide uh, essentially more value. The user's essentially not doing anything at all on that cancel page because you were able to answer their question. Um, and I think the last thing on those cancel pages is give the customer the option to downgrade. Sometimes somebody just wants to save money or find another path um, that's not, let's say, the default service they're buying. So give them also the option to downgrade in addition to cancel. Um, we have more great stuff on unconversion rate optimization, but everybody hang tight and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Dantica, Taya Obrecht, Julie Orancher, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kutlowitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and we're in the middle of our episode around unconversion rate optimization, convincing visitors to do nothing and using that to drive value in the sites you've created. 
Um, right before the break, we were talking about techniques you could use to optimize your cancel page, including reminding people what they're losing. If you cancel, you'll miss out on X, Y, or Z. Um, using cancel reasons to inform yourself um, why people are leaving, but also to randomize those reasons so you have good data. And then, of course, to provide counter arguments to those reasons. But the main thing on your cancel page is don't give up. Um, use that as an opportunity to convince the visitor to avoid the cancel or avoid the refund. Now, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and think about live chat for a minute. I remember when live chat, uh, or uh, from, from any vendor, website chat, if you would, uh, became widely available and how amazing that was for the sites that I was building and optimizing in order to generate leads. Ali, I know you've been at this for a long time. Do you remember when that like first came about? Yeah, it was really exciting because it gave you a way to talk to people on your website, which was hugely valuable. Um, people could submit a contact form, but they don't really want to do that. And if you've ever needed support, for instance, you, you don't want to submit a ticket. You want to call somebody or chat with them and get a response straight away. And live chat was a way for you to talk to potential customers or save potential customers um, right there on the page. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, if you're not using some sort of web chat, definitely use it. Um, but I want to tell you a little bit of story. And this was when I had first come to WP Engine a little over four and a half years ago. And I remember one of the first projects we did was optimizing our chat experience on our website, which is primarily on the website, a sales tool. And then for customers that are logged into the backend portal, it's a support tool. And so one of the things we realized was that um, people were trying to chat with our sales agents about support questions. And um, what this caused was that the sales agent would have to figure out what was going on, figure out the question, figure out the customer ID, figure out how to route them to the right support agent. And then, you know, after a few minutes, a good number of minutes, the customer would be routed to the right place. The problem, though, was that the sales agent was wasting time uh, essentially trying to route a customer um, when they could have been in the chat queues helping a new customer discover more about our platform, discover more about the service, and hopefully buy. And so one of the things that we implemented right away uh, as part of that research was the ability for customers to choose what kind of chat they wanted to start. Now, they... Uh, if they chose support, we would route them to the right support channels and they would get the help they need. And if they uh, chose sales, of course, we'd route them to a salesperson to get the questions answered for pre-purchase. Now, what do you think happened when we implemented that test, Ollie? Sales. Yeah, yeah, sales so chats went tough. down, right? I, yeah, I would expect sales chats to go down, but is that a bad thing? Right, exactly. And so sales chats didn't really go down. It was just the number of chats the team was, optim uh, was accepting. And it was funny because we hadn't really uh, coordinated the launch of that test with the sales team. And I remember that day getting pulled into a meeting by a very uh, anxious sales team, like, why did our sales chats drop in half? Um, and the reality was their sales chats hadn't dropped in half. The number of chats they had to deal with dropped in half. And now they were able to spend all of their time focusing on supporting customers in a pre-sales mode and not routing customers that might have support questions. So even as you think about experiences like chat, which normally in a conversion rate optimization perspective, you'd be thinking, how do I get more chats? How do I get more chats? How do I get more chats? Sometimes those engagements can be less than efficient 
And so what that can result in is actually the user taking an action that actually isn't valuable. Now, of course, when you start to think about things like sales chats, you start to value them. Each chat is worth about so much money based on how many leads are created and deals are closed and revenue is generated. Um, and so this can vastly affect how you view even your CRO campaigns um, when you start to think like, okay, well, I still want people to take this action. I just want to make sure the right people are taking this action. And so live chat or website chat, of course, is one of these key areas where people can um, basically convince people to not do something and save the time of those salespeople to actually make those sales. Um, Ollie, what's another part of the website that you think where people like take an action and it like reduces value for the brand? Um, so another section that's really going to do that is support pages. If you don't have good support documentation, people are going to get frustrated and probably just leave the company. <laughs> leave, leave or, the or contact your support. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we think of support pages as another area where you can optimize for you uh, unconversion rate campaigns. And so when you think about this for a minute, um, you can start to, say, might start to say things like, well, if we hide our phone number, if we hide our contact support button, then less people will contact us. Um, that's not exactly your intent here, right? You can cheat a little bit with unconversion rate campaigns by just hiding the things you don't want them to do. But of course, that's not going to make the user very happy, right? Because they probably need that help or as much as, as many arguments as you're going to make, they still want to cancel. And so obscuring it from the visitor isn't really the point. But if you start thinking about support pages for a minute, what is their job? Like, what do you think the job of a support article is, Ollie? I think it's just there to help the user with their problems. And if they don't get the help, then they're going to be frustrated with they, the product. They yeah. contact support, exactly. Yeah. So your article failed. Its purpose was to help the visitor without them having to contact support. Earlier, you mentioned that people do, when they, when they really need help, they kind of prefer that human contact, that chat or that phone call. But of course, if you can get the answer by reading an article and, and do it in an efficient way, you'd much rather do that because you can achieve the outcome much quicker. And the, uh, the offset of that as well is if you have good spot documentation, your support staff don't actually need to go through the entire answer with the customer. And it may be inefficient to explain the answer on the phone when you have a video or a step-by-step -step, uh, list of instructions. Sure, exactly. Even if they're reaching out for support, it's beneficial for them. So when you think about support pages, again, this is one of those areas where I think like people just don't optimize. They build that website, they design the support area, and then they move on. And then when they think about iterative testing from then on out, they're thinking like, how can I get more conversions? How can I get more conversions? Without realizing that profitability, customer happiness, all of these things are affected by that support area. And by not optimizing, you've just dealt one uh, hand of cards and that's the hand you're playing for the rest of the game. Um, so in addition to iterating on your funnels, driving new customers, it's also valuable to iterate on your support pages. There's all kinds of ways you can approach this. Uh, Ollie, you pointed this out earlier. Am I going to maybe use video or text? What's better for my audience? A lot of development audiences prefer, you know, really detailed text articles um, where other audiences might respond better to video. 
So when you run a test, you could have your conversion, if you would, be the contact support button, and that's what you don't want people to do. Um, and so as you test text versus video, this is an area where you can try to deliver that joy without the visitor having to click on the contact button. Um, another area I like to test with support articles is kind of the reading level, the grade level, if you would. Am I writing very simple content? Am I writing content with kind of a higher level of understanding needed? Um, what, what, how might my audience respond to these different styles of writing? Um, you can optimize your fonts. Um, you can try uh, crowdsource options like answers from customers or comments on articles. Um, all kinds of different elements in your support area to try to, again, deliver that joy to the visitor, give them what they need, that fix, that answer to the problem, and then um, have that be an avenue for them to not have to click on that contact support button. Um, Ollie, what do you, like, what's your, what, like, if you had to, like, pick one, one kind of article in a support area, what was, like, the like, most, most valuable article you might want to optimize in a UCRO campaign? I would say the one that is generating the most support chats. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. That's a great one, right? Which one is generating the most support chats? It's an excellent place to start and to focus on. Um, another one, of course, would be questions that might lead someone to cancel, right? How do I cancel your service? How do I get a refund? Obviously, this is a, an article, a page uh, that you can use to help deliver a better experience, more counter arguments, just like you would on a cancel page. Um, but in that support context. Now, there's tons of opportunities for uh, looking throughout your site for pages or experiences where people take actions that um, derive or that kind of, yeah, should I say, reduce value from those visitors. And I want to talk to you a little bit about running the experiments after we get back from this break. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the b2b marketplace webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing from seo to affiliate marketing to social media e-commerce mobile marketing and so much more our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air on demand and available on every mobile device that you can imagine this is webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and we're in the middle of our episode around unconversion rate optimization, deriving value from visitors who do absolutely nothing. Right before the break, we were talking about ideas and approaches to unconversion rate campaigns on cancellation. I'm sorry, on support pages. How do we give visitors joy, solve their problem, without them having to click on the contact support button? I'd like to shift gears now a little bit to think about how might you set up one of these experiments, right? There's uh, as far as I know, no one has launched an unconversion rate tool. Uh, so how might you think about setting up one of these experiments? Um, Ollie, when you set up a CRO experiment, what is the first thing you identify? The call to action. The conversion, right? Yeah. What, what am yeah. I trying to get the person to do? And so the first thing we do in a UCRO experiment is we identify the action we want the visitor to not take. Um, now, if you're setting this up in, say, Google Optimize or Optimizely or something like this, you're still going to choose <clears throat> essentially what, um, depending on the platform, essentially what would be a conversion. It's just that when you evaluate the data, you're going to look at it backwards. So in other words, if Optimizely says that experiment, your first experiment was a success, that the B1, in an unconversion rate experiment, the B lost, right? So it had to Exactly. Win. Right, exactly. <laughs> It had the least number of actions that we had chosen to um, essentially say that that's an unvaluable action. We don't want the visitor to take that action. Um, you could potentially set up the experiment such that um, you chose, say, the alternatives as the conversion points, meaning that if it's a cancel page and, it, and then you say, like, reasons people cancel is it's too expensive, and you're like, um, link off to an article that explains why it's still valuable and not that expensive. Um, you could actually configure that to be the conversion point and view that as success. But generally, when I've run these in the past, um, what I personally like to do is have that kind of, you know, as few conversion points as I can, but have that be the, the thing that drives, that detracts from value. The cancel button, the unsubscribe button, the contact support button. Um, that's roughly how I like to think about that. Um, when I'm setting my conversion points. Um, the other thing that you might consider when you're running these experiments is, you know, am I really seeing something stat-sick, right? And um, Optimizely, Google Optimize, those tools will have this notion of statistical significance baked into it. Um, but there's a, a little bit of a problem with it, I found, uh, especially when you're running tests with multiple conversion points, or maybe in this case, unconversion points. So um, what do you think like that, 
like off the top of your head, Ali, like what, what's the problem with looking at statistical significance with conversion points? Well, I think there's def definitely two aspects of this. The first aspect, of course, is volume. If you don't have enough volume, in this case, the product could be really good. It's really hard to reach statistical significance. And in those instances, sometimes it's better to look at a holistic or larger data sets. Um, the other thing, of course, is if you have multiple actions, say somebody could cancel with a button or they may chat and cancel. Um, how do you weight those? Uh, and that's where it gets difficult is, is how do you define like a weight um, between one and the other? Exactly. That notion of like if I'm on the cancel page and there's a cancel button and a downgrade button, both actions are not valuable. So as you think about assigning these conversions to your experiments, and this is also, of course, true for CRO, you have to think not just about the N, the number of them. I have you know, 100 clicks on the cancel button on my B and 35 on the A. Um, you also have to balance that with other kind of conversion or unconversion points that might be also need to be taken into account. So in other words, if I have 35 clicks on the cancel button on the A, but I have a thousand clicks on the downgrade button, that actually might be worse for me for some reason than the higher clicks on the cancel button on the B. So say I only had one click on the downgrade button on the B. So this is true in CRO and UCRO experiments, um, but from the high level, you need to kind of balance this kind of blended view of these actions. So it's generally not a binary thing, depending on the site, um, but very few times in my life I've actually run an experiment where there was literally only one outcome worth one amount. Well, I wish we had more time to keep going into this because it's a really fun topic, but my point I'll leave you with is really just to you know, think about the pages on your site that are, you know, driving, causing value to basically be pulled out the bottom of your business. Cancels, unsubscriptions, support pages, and look for opportunities to iterate on those pages and deliver more value for the customer and ultimately your business. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. A reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV. Subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. 
You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life altering. And if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.